0: in the suburbs climbed 26 percent many white-collar workers with remote jobs moved out of city apartments for larger accommodations during the early months of the pandemic back in 2020 now high mortgage rates and home prices are keeping some of the same families renting for longer periods a rise in crime and homelessness in several big cities also has some renters looking to the suburbs. This trend is propping up rents and foiling concerns about rental affordability in suburban areas, leading some governments to pass new rent control measures as a response. According to a report from Apartment List, a rentals website, rents in the suburbs had climbed 26% through this past July since March of 2022 8 percentage points higher than the gain in urban cores. The company said that suburban rent growth was greater than its urban counterpart in 28 out of the 33 metro areas studied. The widest rent gap was in Portland, Oregon, which lost nearly 3% of its population between 2020 and 2022. Rents in Portland suburbs are up 23% since 2020, compared with about 2% in the center city. Moves to the suburbs have continued despite a historically difficult for sale housing market. The number of existing home sales in July shrank to its lowest level for that month since 2010 and prospective buyers continue to struggle with 7% mortgage interest rates and sale prices that remain near record highs. Rents for single-family homes, meanwhile, continue to grow in most parts of the country. According to data from CoreLogic, house rents in the Chicago, Boston, and Orlando metro areas each rose more than 5% in June compared with a year earlier green street a real estate research firm predicts single family home rental landlords will post the highest returns of all real estate owners this year though apartments asking rents are declining slightly in 2023 on average apartment list said that the drop has been felt less in the suburbs rents in suburban towns around charlotte north carolina and st louis missouri for example, are still growing. In contrast, rents now run negative in adjacent urban cores when measured annually. In St. Charles, Missouri, about half an hour from downtown St. Louis, Missouri, tenants started moving in in October to Chapter at the Streets, a new 245-unit apartment building. So far, The developer, CRG, has leased up 25% of the units, exceeding the company's initial expectations. The St Charles market is being driven by population growth, low levels of new rental supply, and a difficult home sales market. Last year, suburbs all over the country gained population, often at the expense of core counties in large metro areas, which collectively lost more than 800,000 movers. St. Charles's population, for example, grew nearly 1% between 2020 and 2022, while St. Louis lost about 5% of its residents over the same period. Even before the pandemic, large apartment investors were betting that the future of rent was in the suburbs. 79% of apartment building sales took place outside of central business districts in 2012, according to MSCI Real Assets. By 2019, that share had risen to 89%. Some suburbs are trying to rein in the recent upswing in rents. In Prince George's County and Montgomery County, Maryland, near Washington, D.C., local governments passed rent stabilization laws limiting annual rent increases this year. Pasadena, California, near Los Angeles, passed a rent control law last year. There are a handful of exceptions to the suburban over urban rent gap. Rent growth in the urban core of Tampa, Florida and New York City is outrunning the surrounding suburbs of those cities. Elsewhere, the gap between urban and suburban apartment rents could start closing soon as developers build more apartments in suburban areas, increasing competition and potentially slowing rent growth. In some areas, suburban apartment rents are quickly approaching the cost of renting a single-family home. The spread between renting a home and renting an apartment is becoming narrower. At some point when they match, we will see more people renting homes. Part 2. They try to maintain civility for the kids. Divorced and separated couples are facing their worst nightmare, sharing a house with the person they want to get away from. Behind this uneasy arrangement is the housing market. Mortgage rates are over 7% and average home prices have hit record highs. This means more couples cannot afford to leave their home with its less than 3% mortgage interest rates and then set up two different households. As I described in the previous segment, renting isn't always an option either, given that rents have risen more than 9% over the last two years. A strange couples stuck together are trying to create boundaries. Husband on the second floor, wife on the first floor. They assign his and her cupboards in the kitchen, they schedule their laundry time, and they text their whereabouts as needed. One woman locks her bedroom door and keeps a supply of batteries and toilet paper in her closet. Many people in this situation don't tell colleagues about the setup because it seems unthinkable or they are embarrassed. They try to maintain civility for the kids and hold tight until they can afford to buy, rent and furnish two homes. Rose, a medical assistant and a soon-to-be ex-husband Jordan, an investment broker, bought their home in Scottsdale, Arizona in May 2022 with a mortgage of about $670,000 that carried an interest rate of 5.68%. They plan to refinance when mortgage rates fell. Instead, they are getting divorced and are now saddled with a house that has fallen in value and that neither of them can afford on their own. The couple, who get along and remain amicable, continued living together in the house for two months until it became too awkward for them and confusing to their daughters. Rose moved out in early November after finding an affordable rental on a friend's Facebook page. Jordan plans to stay in the home, although they've stopped making payments until it sells. Some people on the brink of divorce are pulling back from actually filing for divorce because of uncertainties about jobs and the added expenses of setting up two households on top of credit card debt and student loans that they might have. Others are proceeding but negotiating agreements to defer selling or refinancing the house. Lisa and her ex-husband worked out a deal where she bought out 40% of his equity in their house in Albuquerque, New Mexico, which has a low 3.25% mortgage rate and agreed to pay the rest within three years. She would have preferred a clean break from her ex rather than dragging the commitment on for three years but she says it was the only option given today's elevated mortgage rates. Homes are often a couple's main asset and deciding what to do with it remains a main issue in divorce. Typically couples sell the home and split the proceeds Or one spouse refinances the mortgage and buys out the other spouse's interest but with average mortgage rates at 20-year highs it can be harder to sell or refinance one divorced couple decided against buying or renting a separate chicago area house because of high prices and then used the money for their kids sporting activities a 47 year old woman who didn't have her own car Bought one to get away for a few hours from the house that she shares with her soon to be ex husband and their two adult children.